Hi everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. Today's message is the power of your testimony, and it was given by Pastor Nick Davies during our Wednesday evening prayer service on March 31st, 2021. Our Wednesday evening prayer services are a great way to spend time in God's Word and in prayer for one another. If you have any requests you would like us to pray for, we would encourage you to come out at 6.45 each Wednesday. Our other services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Sunday at 7 p.m. If you have not yet subscribed, please do. And when you do, you'll receive a notification each time we post a new message, and we'll always be up to date. We hope this encourages you in your relationship with Christ, and if it does, we would love to connect with you in person sometime. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. Lord God, we just thank you for being merciful and loving God that sent your Son to die in our place. Lord, how wonderful it is to take this week that we are in and celebrate, Lord, his coming. Lord, his dying in our place. Lord, I can't even imagine what it must have been like to stand there and watch our Savior die for us. Lord, and yet you did it while we were yet sinners. Lord, we praise you. We humble ourselves before you. And Lord, just ask that you would speak through me this evening. Lord, that your word would be powerful. And Lord, that you would just convict all of our hearts here to share the gospel with those who are in need of a Savior. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have ever seen an ad on TV? and thought to yourself, I wonder if that really works. Yes. How many of you have seen an ad on TV and ordered something from one of those numbers, they rattle off at the end, and then received something uh, that was no better than just a piece of junk? I remember growing up thinking, all I want to be able to, like, must be 18 years or older to order. Thought when I turn 18, it's the first thing I'm doing. And uh, I never did it, because by the time I got to 18, I realized that most of the stuff on there was probably not going to be worth it. Um, how many of you have done that? You can raise your hand. I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of you from up here. I'll do it later. Um, <laughs> maybe you have a <laughs> not making fun of these things, uh, because I've always wanted to try both of these. My pillow, Flex Seal. Thank you for shouting those out earlier to me. Um, some of those things that you see on TV, on TV. How about this? Have you ever seen a product and started doing research to see if it was worth buying? I've done a lot of research. I'm, I'm somebody that likes to, to look over things. Uh, where do you go to see if that's something you'd actually buy? Where, where do you look for, for help? What do, you, what do you look for? Probably reviews, right? Do you, anybody else a review reader? Yes. Um, I picked that up from Nicole. She's an avid review reader. Some of them are funny. Um, But I have a hesitancy to buy anything on Amazon or from any store if it doesn't have at least like 100 good reviews. Uh, In this past year, I like coffee. I don't know if anybody else here likes coffee. I I do. I kept seeing ads for a coffee maker. And uh, social media had my number. And they knew they were going to get me eventually. but one of the things that really drew me in wasn't actually the, the ads from the coffee company. Uh, but 
it was the reviews about the product. The reviews that were left by people, real honest people, just like me, that had went out in a step of faith and bought this machine. People purchased uh, them, spent time advocating for them because it changed their life. That's, that's something I saw. Uh, so I was like, man, must be worth it. Uh, I think I even saw somebody say something like, it, it just entirely changed my morning routine. Have you ever noticed how companies have really started using real life testimonials? I think it's Verizon that brings an entire family on. And you get to listen to what they have to say about the company. It's not the company itself, but it is. But they're using testimonials. There's a reason. It seemed so worth buying this coffee machine after seeing those reviews that I finally actually pulled the trigger after months of deliberating. Um, I also waited for a sale, because who doesn't love a sale, right? Yeah, amen. Um, I bring this up because, just like those people, but in a more serious sense, those people advocated for a coffee maker. They took time out of their day to write a review and post it on a website that somebody might read it. You and I, as followers of Jesus, have something to advocate for. Really, we have someone to advocate for, to be an ambassador for, to represent as a real-life person who has experience with which we are being a proponent of. And that thing, that someone, is the good news of Jesus Christ. You and I, those here or listening on the podcast today who know Jesus as their Savior, are ambassadors for Christ because we have received the free gift of salvation. Talk about a sale, right? The greatest gift in the world for free. How incredible is that? We are walking billboards for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our lives are like a review for people to see, hear, read about, and follow. But when we don't talk about Jesus, it's like throwing a sheet over a billboard so no one can see it. It's like putting a basket over a light, which hopefully that brings to your mind Matthew 5, 14 through 16, which says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are to be walking lights in a world of darkness. Uh, earlier in the year, I preached on 10-second discipleship. Those little moments in your life shared with a friend, a spouse, a child, or an enemy, all adds up. Those moments that you have, you can redeem them to use them to further the kingdom. Those little moments make a big impact in other people's lives and really in your life as well. This week, today, I want to take in turn to look at the 10-second moments of your own life and your relationship with God. Those moments between you and God, moments of change, conviction, darkness before you knew Christ, and the moment that you knew Christ, the light that came into your heart. I want to talk about those moments where God worked a miracle in your life and there's no other explanation besides God's hand was in this. Through the time that I've shared 
with you guys here. So I think it's 2018 was, was whenever I started here uh, part-time. Um, we've had the opportunity to see people come to know Jesus together. We've seen answered prayers, and it's been absolutely awesome to see God move in mighty ways. Uh, the past week, I had the opportunity to share a little bit of my testimony about God's goodness and grace in my life with a group of guys from all over the world. It was really awesome. It was really cool to have the opportunity to share with just a small group of guys uh, some of, of my testimony. And I was reminded, or really, this question kind of popped into my mind, why do we do that? Why do we share a testimony? Why have you shared your stories on Wednesday nights when we gather together? What difference does it make if we really tell our stories or not? Does it? Well, there is a reason that we do that, and it does matter quite a lot. Because there's power in a testimony. There's great power in a testimony. Not because it's your story, although you are a part of it, but because it's God's story in your life. It's evidence of his goodness. It's evidence of his mercy and his grace. It's an evidence of the fruit of the gospel in your life and in my life. And when you share those little moments or big moments of God showing up in your life, you have the opportunity to point somebody to Jesus. My encouragement tonight is that you would take it, that you would take that opportunity to share the story that God has been working in your life with them so that maybe by the grace of God they would come to know Jesus as their Savior. As we start off tonight, I want to take you back and remind you of just what the gospel is. I know I've said these same exact words before, but I know and truly believe that you can never share the gospel too much. So let me remind you, and then we'll talk about how this relates to sharing our testimony. In the beginning, God created all that was made. He created it, and he said it was very good. It was good because he, the creator himself, is good. And so you would expect for a very good thing to come from one who is inherently very good. But Adam and Eve sinned. Our first parents sinned. And now, so do we. As Romans 3.23, so unfortunately, dimly, says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of this, we deserve death, as we see in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but the, free, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's so much low in that verse, but so much high, so much good in that verse at the same time. This applies to you and me today, or if you're listening. A lot of people in this world don't want to think that death is an applicable penalty for their sin. A lot of people believe that we're inherently good, but we're not. We are now inherently sinful, broken creation, separated from God. And it's a broken that you and I can't fix. But, as Romans 5.8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This has to be one of my favorite passages in Scripture ever. Because it baffles me, in a way. How could a holy, perfect God come down and die for me, a wretched sinner? The answer is in the verse. Because he loved us. He loved me. 
I was his creation. And where I was at before Jesus came into my heart was not where he intended for me to be. It wasn't what he intended for me to experience. Life was not meant to be how it is today. The world you and I live in is broken. But aren't you thankful that God sent Jesus for you and I? What we are celebrating this week together. Now, Christ died for all and any who would come to the saving knowledge and confession of Jesus Christ as Savior. I want to make a side note that we don't want people to have a false hope. When Jesus died, he died for you and I to have an opportunity to receive a free gift. But you and I need to receive it. It's not automatically just applied to everyone's record, but it is offered to every single person. So how do you receive it? Well, Romans 10.9 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is the gospel. It's the good news. That while we were yet sinners, Christ came and made a way. He fixed the broken bridge that we could never fix ourselves and spanned a gap so wide we could never cross it without an all-powerful, all-loving God laying his arms down on the cross. The gospel is not just news, it is good news. The gospel is such good news because leading towards the good news of Jesus laying down his arms, there was a lot of bad news. We were destined for hell because we sinned. And hell is a very real place, but thankfully, so is heaven. The story of redemption is so incredible because we who walked in enmity with God are now being used to further his kingdom. Think of the uh, Apostle Paul before he had his conversion. Talk about enmity with God, yet God stepped down and pulled him out, changed his life, and then he won souls for Christ. It's amazing. When we share the personalized gospel of how Jesus, not, not your version, but how Jesus saved you individually, what, what that conversion story looked like for you, part of that story is the dark stuff. Part of that story is the sin before. The gospel starts with the bad news, but it ends with great news. As we share the testimony of our conversion and how God has changed our hearts, I want to remind you that there is power in telling your full, entire testimony. So there's a few things that I want to encourage you with tonight uh, as you step out in faithfulness to evangelize your friend, neighbor, family, or even your enemy. Number one, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Turn with me to Romans 1. Romans 1, verse 16. It says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. As I just reminded you in sharing the gospel, the gospel tells us that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Telling someone the gospel and that you accepted it 
necessitates that you yourself have humbled yourself and have admitted your weakness and need for a Savior. You cannot be making yourself out to be the Savior of yourself. Or you cannot claim to be perfect in word or whether you act like it. And also, at the same time, truly share the gospel in its entirety. You can't act like a Savior and claim that you need a Savior. Evangelism is a humbling experience because you are admitting to an equal person that you too were walking contrary to the word of God. And that's a tough thing to do. To tell your neighbor, brother, it's a hard thing to do. I think this is especially tough for men sometimes because we tend to flee weakness. And evangelism, which is the sharing of the good news, the gospel of Jesus, relies on our humility and weakness. We have to be humble when we share the gospel with our neighbor. And through that weakness and humility, if we walk in obedience to do it, the admission to someone else as we share the gospel that we were and still are just as in need of a Savior as they are, through that, God's power can and will be put on display. So number one, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Be willing to step out and admit, yeah, I needed a Savior, and you do too. Second thing, don't let shame keep you from sharing the gospel of Jesus. Let me remind you of a truth that we talked about from our Peace peace series. Remember, as a follower of Jesus, you have been given victory over shame. That's a good thing. But because of that, we are empowered to do something living free from shame. Shame is humiliation due to sin. Shame exists in the absence of forgiveness, the perceived absence of forgiveness, or shame exists in the rejection of forgiveness. And it is a tool that is undoubtedly used by Satan. Shame tells you that you can't change. Shame tells you that you aren't worth dying for. Shame tells you that your sin is too big to be covered. Shame tells you that no one cares about your story. Shame tells you that you can't make an impact for the kingdom of Christ because you've messed up too much. You aren't worth using. But the gospel of Jesus runs entirely counter to this. We are told in the word of God that we have been made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Yes, that's a good thing. How dare you and I hide the transformation of our hearts from people that also need their hearts transformed? This is good news that all should hear, that I was once lost and blind, but Jesus pulled me out. We need not be shameful of our past because, as 1 John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you have faithfully confessed and repented of your past sin, the old you is dead, and today you are alive in Christ. But the second thing, don't let shame hold you back from sharing the gospel. Number three, do not fear the world in sharing Jesus. Our brothers and sisters around the world are already experiencing persecution to their death. It's been going on for as long as Christianity's been around. As you go out and share your testimony of what God has done for you, we need not fear what man can do to us. 
Let's look at an example from Acts chapter 5. Starting in verse 25, it says this, Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain of the officers and, with, and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not straightly command ye, you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us? Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. The disciples are put before the council and persecuted for preaching Christ. Look down at verse 38 as we continue. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Odd wisdom from a Pharisee, to let these men go. To say, there's always a chance that this could be from God. And you and I know it certainly was. But look at how the disciples responded after being beaten for sharing the gospel. In verse 41, And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, and daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. The disciples kept preaching Jesus, of whom they were witnesses. You and I are also witnesses to the power of God that has worked in your life. So we don't have to fear. In fact, as we face persecution, we can rejoice knowing that we had the opportunity suffer for the sake of Jesus. The disciples knew what the writer of Hebrews would eventually come to pin down in Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So number three, do not fear, share the gospel. And lastly, number four, how will you share your testimony after you're gone to be with Jesus? Will you be able to? Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. One day, that's going to be us. If the Lord doesn't come back beforehand, you and I are all going to pass away. And thankfully, come if you know Jesus, come face to face with him and spend an eternity in heaven with him. At your funeral, what will be said of you? How will you be an ambassador of Christ even after your death? Will the person that does your funeral be able to look at your life and call others to follow your example as you followed Christ's example? 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, I think this is just an incredible passage. Paul says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am a 
follower of Christ. I hope that you can say you were leaving a legacy of how God miraculously changed your life. I hope that there's been a distinct change from the moment of your salvation to the life you're living now. I hope it's a legacy you will share now in life, but even continuing on later into death. So I ask you, as we close, have you been changed? Has your life really been changed? If it has, and I hope it has, tell someone what Jesus did for you. Tell of your past, but also the redemption that God made possible through his son in your life. I'm not telling you that you need to recite every deep, dark sin that you ever committed in every corner of your life, but what I am advocating for is that you let God use you. You tell of the power that God displayed in your life as God leads you. And don't be afraid to tell those things from which God miraculously redeemed you. Because there's somebody out there right now in need of hearing that they can be redeemed from the sins in which you walked. Somebody needs to know that you were pulled out of it by a gracious God. They need to be told that they can too, that they're worth it, that God loved them despite anything they ever did, and nothing can separate them from his love. And you just might be the person that God uses to show them the way. How incredible would that be to just step out in obedience and tell a little bit of the story that God has written in your life and to see somebody be so impacted that they give their life to Jesus. They may see, they may believe, they may reject, but you're not going to know unless you step out in faith and tell your story. When you share the testimony of God's grace, mercy, and power in your life, you're not boasting in your past sin. Don't get me wrong there either. We're not glorying in the, the old days. Let me tell you about all the stuff I used to do. No, we glory in that Christ redeemed us from it. I sure hope we don't glory in our wrongdoing. But I hope that we are sharing the evidence of God's goodness. We are sharing the evidence of the power of God unto salvation, of which we are not to be ashamed. Maybe there's somebody in your life that just needs to hear that this week. Maybe there's somebody in your life that just needs to hear a little bit of your story. I hope and pray and encourage you to do that. What were you saved from? What, what did your life look like before? Tell somebody. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you that you are a good and merciful God that redeems us. Lord, we are all wretched sinners in need of you. Lord, we didn't save ourselves. Lord, we didn't earn our way. Never could. Never will. You bought us with a price. That price was the blood of your son. What incredible love you have for us, even us who were enemies to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We can't thank you enough for what you did for us. And Lord, I pray that being reminded of the goodness of you, being reminded of what price was paid for our lives, would spurn us on to share our story that you have written in our lives with other people who need to hear it. Lord, may our lives be walking testimonies of your goodness and your grace. 
be with us tonight as we head into this prayer time, and may all be said and done for your glory. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today's message is the power of your testimony, and it was given by Pastor Nick Davies during our Wednesday evening prayer service on March 31st, 2021. Our Wednesday evening prayer services are a great way to spend time in God's Word and in prayer for one another. If you have any requests you would like us to pray for, we would encourage you to come out at 6.45 each Wednesday. Our other services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Sunday at 7 p.m. If you have not yet subscribed, please do. And when you do, you'll receive a notification each time we post a new message, and we'll always be up to date. We hope this encourages you in your relationship with Christ, and if it does, we would love to connect with you in person sometime. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it.